0: Conspiracy Show with Richard Seren. Thanks for inviting me into your home, long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' well-appointed rec room with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Welcome aboard, everyone. And just a reminder, no live stream tonight on my YouTube channel, Strange Planet. Andy Thomas is here. The book is conspiracies. The facts, the theories, the evidence, the second edition revised and expanded. Andy, for many people of a certain age, the uh, sort of the granddaddy of conspiracy theories is uh, JFK. For others, it's it's nine eleven. What was that pivotal point for you?
1: I mean, I began in this world with an interest in unexplained mysteries, you know, crop circles, UFOs, all the kinds of things that get laughed at and dismissed, but I got drawn in because I had my own experiences and encounters and I thought, you know, I've got to find out more. It was a passion to find out more, not having any idea what the answer might be, open to all possibilities. So what I quickly realized, though, was that even in those realms, I mean, just take something like crop circles, which are these shapes which appear in the fields every year. right? Whether you think they're all man-made or whether you think some are coming from some other force actually doesn't matter in terms of are they being accurately represented by the mainstream? And the answer is no, they are not. And I spotted that very easily. So I had started to do my own research and started to get together with people looking into them. And yet we could see stories going out there in the mainstream that were totally fake, getting the facts wrong, saying things that you could prove were not true. Whatever you thought about crop circles, they were not true. And then, of course, you begin to rub shoulders with people who are investigating other mystery areas. And, of course, soon you come to conspiracies. Because if you're saying there's a mystery, it's either a mystery because you can't quite get to the bottom of it, or it's a mystery because it's being actively covered up. And certainly things like UFOs, I mean, without any question, there's a whole chapter about UFOs in the Conspiracies book. We are not being told the truth about them. And that becomes blindingly obvious if you use the Freedom of Information Act, for instance, to get documents released about UFOs. You discover that when they release them, they redact everything. Everything's covered up that they don't want you to see about a subject they then tell you doesn't exist. Well, clearly it does. So... It became very clear to me very early on that if we're not being told the truth about those areas, well, therefore, I must be open that we're not being told the truth in a lot of other areas. And I got to know people studying this, people like Marcus Allen of Nexus magazine, who's another very interesting person, well worth talking to, Uh, And you begin to realize there's a world out there that is misrepresented in the mainstream media, misrepresented by the authorities. And then you have to say why. And because I've just always been drawn to try to want to get a balanced view on this, I've sort of wound up in this place where I give a lot of lectures, I write a lot of articles, and of course the books, trying to get a balanced conversation. I'm not interested in foisting any belief on anybody without some level of evidence. And more than anything, I just want conversations to be had about these areas because we are not being allowed to. When you're not allowed to do something, you realize there's got to be an agenda. And so trying to make it clear that we should look at these areas and trying just to draw people in to keep these conversations alive, that's really become my main motivation now.
0: Uh, I was going to talk about the uh, the moon landings a little later, but since you mentioned Marcus Allen, and, and I have had the pleasure of speaking with him, and, and he has uh, talked extensively about uh, the lunar landing hoax and so forth, I, I thought maybe we could jump in since you brought up his name. Where are you in that arena, the lunar landing hoax? Because I think, you know, I I do believe that we we put man on the moon, but I think Marcus Allen has done some interesting work with regards to the photographs and how it would have been possible for astronauts wearing those big, I think you referred to them as big gardening gloves and the big helmets, not able to see through a, a viewfinder properly, handling these Hasselblad cameras. He makes some excellent points with regards to the photographs. Where are you at in this whole discussion?
1: So there's quite a long uh, part uh, of the book which looks at this, because, I mean, the moon landing theories, they're a classic area which really polarises people. So those that grew up with it and they're very emotionally attached to the idea that we went to the moon, they feel utterly affronted if anybody questions that. And yet, and I think in more modern times with generations coming through that don't have that emotional attachment and now have access to, uh, you know, photo analysis software, for instance, that nobody could have dreamt of in the 70s, they're looking at it again with a different eye and just looking directly at the evidence and anybody that decides to just look at the evidence and put the beliefs out the way uh, you have to say that some of the evidence is not reliable now that doesn't mean we did or didn't go to the moon and I've never concluded that one way or the other um, but again I need to consider that evidence and Marcus makes a point that the photographs and others have made this point too of course when you look at a number of angles the lighting, the shadows a number of even anomalies about the roles of film themselves and how would the film have survived a vacuum and the extremes of light and dark and cold and heat and so on you begin to realise there are things that don't make sense and there are other things you look at some of the photographs of the lunar lander And in all six missions, there is no evidence on the ground underneath those landers of any blackening or any soot or even any displacement of moon dust, which everybody said all blew everywhere. Well, there's no visual evidence of that. And then, on the other hand, you look at the videos of the craft coming down, and they're creating huge displacement of dust that you would have thought would have left some kind of mark on the surface, but there isn't anything. So those are things where you have to say hang on one part of this evidence is not hooking up with the other part and therefore something's wrong and you know we could be here all day there are many grounds to at the very least say we've not been told the whole truth about the moon landings now as you've intimated there some believe we did go but that the photographs never came out And they they had to restage either some or all of them in a studio later on because they had to show the world that they've been. But then others look at the effects of radiation on the astronauts and wonder, actually, how did they survive as well as they did? The astronauts' responses are very strange. They contradict each other sometimes. Some have said the stars were very bright in space. Others have said you couldn't really see them. They'd be very disappointing. Uh, you've got very strange responses. I mean, if you look at the crew of Apollo 11, just when they've landed and they're doing the press conferences, these look like three very depressed men. They do not look like men punching the air. Hey, we've been to the moon.
0: Yes. Now yes. that doesn't
1: prove, it doesn't prove anything, and I accept that, but it's odd. And there are, and again, stacks of anomalies that you can put there, which show that at the very least something's not right with the official story. And just to dismiss the lunar hoax theories completely without looking at them, now that to me is not sensible. And I know as soon as you mention it, I'm giving a lecture, and I often lecture to people that are they're not alternative types at all, and you, you mention the lunar hoax theory, everybody laughs. And then you say, yes, but have you looked at the evidence? And then by the time you've shown them the evidence, they've realized, oh, okay, there's something to consider here, at the very least. So, But we're encouraged to laugh at people like that, because, of course, we went to the moon, because we all watched it on the telly at the time. Well, we watched something on the telly at the time. but It doesn't prove that it was on the moon. So that's the problem. It's like the Princess Diana thing. You can say, was well, she assassinated? And you can't answer that. But then you ask the different question, is there something strange? And the answer is yes. And that's the same with the moon landings. Did we go to the moon? We can't be sure. Is there something odd about the evidence? Yes. And so, you know, people must make up their own minds about it. But they need to at least be aware of the evidence. And I, Well, some polls around the world at the 50th anniversary this year just gone past um, put it that over 50% of some populations don't believe that we went to the moon. So, so on that grounds, you know, anybody that does believe might be in the minority soon. So, you know, polls are very unreliable, I know. But, you know, the fact that it's getting near that is still very telling.
0: The uh, the question of the Van Allen belts and that uh, it would be deadly for for humans traveling in this little soup can through those Van Allen belts, they simply wouldn't survive it. I've I've heard explanations though that there is a way to avoid sort of the thickest bands of the Van Allen belts and to minimize exposure. Uh, do you find that response to that sort of argument reasonable, credible?
1: Well, yes, of course, and now this is how it's argued. They say, I oh, know you could get through them, but that still doesn't really explain the amount of exposure they would have had on the lunar surface. Uh, I mean, you know, that's outside of the Van Allen belts as far as I'm aware. So, you know, there's still, even if you say they found a way to get through, there's still big problems. And one of the interesting things is that they flew, uh, certainly a lot of those missions at times of very high solar activity. As opposed to low solar activity. Now, I know there are some sources out there that say they made sure there wasn't any higher solar activity. You then look at the graphs and that's not true. They seem to take no notice of that at all and yet didn't seem to think that that would be a problem. So, yeah, there there are certainly many, many unanswered questions about this. Uh, I mean, we could be here all day. We could look at the scenery that you see in the back of some shots. There are some bits of scenery that seem to recur in completely mutually exclusive shots. And you think, well, hold on a minute. How did that happen? There are scale issues with some pictures of the craft, which some people say, therefore, is due to the fact that it's a model shot and not a real craft on the moon. Some, of course, say we did go to the moon, but actually what they found there, they couldn't show. A number of astronauts have said that they witnessed UFO activity. So that is on record. Uh Did they find something they weren't allowed to show the world? Again, you have to make up your own mind. But it, its I don't think until... A truly independent mission flies to the moon and lands next to the landing sites and takes exactly the same pictures with the same lighting conditions that we see in the NASA pictures. Unless somebody does that, it's not going to be proved one way or the other. You know, we see orbital shots and they show us dots and trails and they say these are the landing sites and they may well be. But until you get down there on the ground, you're not going to be able to prove it. And I think very cleverly they've said because they're at cultural heritage sites, they're never going to allow (laughs) anybody to visit them. Well, that's a good let out, isn't it? So, But I think sooner or later somebody will one day and then we'll know. And I think until that day, this is going to be one of those areas that's going to be argued around and around. And uh, it's not going to stop anytime soon.
0: One of the arguments that, that uh, skeptics or debunkers uh, will throw in uh, conspiracy theorists' face is, well, how do you keep something of this magnitude a secret? I'm not sure how many people worked on the, the Apollo project. It must have been, you know, in the tens of thousands by the time you add them all up. Uh, and so they will say somebody would have spoken out, somebody would have leaked a document, somebody would have blown a whistle. How do you keep conspiracy secret, particularly in the age of smartphones, everyone's sh- videoing and, and the Internet?
1: Well, that's not really an argument I've ever gone along with because, uh, I mean, take NASA. So let's get pre-phones. Let's just go back to the 60s. Nobody is saying one. Well, not that I'm aware of, that the whole of NASA was in on a hoax. I mean, clearly not. Rockets took off, capsules splashed down. I would say the vast majority of anybody within NASA would have just believed it happened as we were shown. So, no, that would be ridiculous, the idea that everybody would be in on it. But some have raised questions about where the transmissions came from. All the people in mission control may well have believed they were talking to the moon. I mean, if you watch the old movie Capricorn One, which is a classic movie about men faking a a mission to Mars, they do show how actually, even though it's only a movie, but they do show how you could pull that off with only a very few people knowing about it. And how do you stop them talking? Well, you either threaten them, or you kill them, or you mind control them. I mean, we shouldn't forget programs like MKUltra, and even entertainers, like you know, who hypnotize people. You can actually plant false memories in them. You can blank bits of their memory out. You can't be sure that this didn't happen to some of the people that might have been involved. So you wouldn't actually need that many people. And similarly with 9-11, some have said, look, If any kind of level of authority was involved in at least helping that to occur, if not causing the whole thing, how would you do it with so many people? Well, actually... And there's been a number of studies into this. You'd only need a few people in key positions of command and control just creating a little bit of confusion. And by the way, the evidence suggests that is what happened to actually allow something like that to happen. Most people wouldn't know. They would just take it as what they were seeing. You only need a few key cornerstones to be manipulated and the rest will do itself. So, yes, today I'm sure it has got harder to keep things quiet, and I think that is why some things would now not be attempted today in the way that they were back then. Um, But that said... I mean, you look at the world of CIA and that. I mean, these people aren't stupid. They know very well how not to spread information on certain things. And, yes, you will get leaks sometimes. But, uh, you know, when you look at even the faintest hints that we get of some of the programs that are going on in the world today that the public is told nothing about, actually, it is very possible to withhold stuff from the public. And, I mean, just to go into the unexplained mysteries point for a minute, and this is mentioned in the book, There was an outbreak over the last 10 years or so of strange spirals swirling around in the sky. And we know they're real. Thousands of people filmed them. There was a famous one in Norway in 2009. But now they still get seen, but they don't get reported in the mainstream. So even though lots of people are filming them on their smartphones and sharing them around, the mainstream does not report them. And that looks to many people like a big cover-up. It's probably a secret weapon or something being tested. But actually, it is possible to keep that out of the public consciousness. So you'd be amazed. I know we think that couldn't happen now, but I'm not so sure. And because, sadly, a lot of the public have been bred to not having inquiring in minds anymore they will often never even know that they don't know something, and they won't worry about the fact that they don't. And the people that do know something's going on and try to call attention to it, well, you just say they're mad, they're lazy conspiracy thinkers, don't talk to them. But of course, as we've already established here, that's really not quite fair.
0: Right now, I, I think your your counter-argument is, is, is spot-on, and, and um, compartmentalization, uh, I, I mean, a, a perfect example would be the Manhattan Project. How many people worked on developing uh, the hydrogen bomb? And eventually, you know, near the very end, it did kind of leak out, I think, to the Soviets, but for many, many years, scientists went to work on building this bomb. N- not even their wives knew what they were doing that day, so, I mean, that's a, a perfect, or Operation Overlord, D-Day. Uh, how, many, how many thousands of people were involved in the planning of the, uh, the Allied invasion of
1: Europe, and yet no one knew? That's absolutely right. And, of course, over here, uh, we had the Enigma machines. So I in mean, World War II, uh, we managed to crack the codes of uh, the Nazi military, And yet, that, how they did it, was kept quiet for decades, even after the war. Everybody involved was absolutely sworn to secrecy. Family, spouse, never knew what they were doing. And even once they cracked the code, they sometimes had to allow certain attacks still to occur that they could have stopped because they didn't want the Germans to know that they'd cracked it. So that took a long time before anybody found out how that works. So you cannot be sure what is going on today. It might still be decades before anybody hears anything about it.
0: Uh, we're coming up again on a, on a break, and when we come back, I want to uh, talk on, uh, about 9-11, but let's just kind of ease into that now. And uh, you, you talked about whistleblowers. If you had to cite uh, for, for a sceptic or a debunker who, who holds firmly to the official narrative of 9-11, what, what one whistleblower would you speak to them about?
1: Well, I mean, one of the problems when we talk about whistleblowers is, of course, that the whistleblowers these days don't tend to last very long. Um, I mean, if you take the Kennedy shooting, you'll find that some of the people that knew too much died suspiciously early in strange circumstances um, we have quite a few witnesses to 9-11 uh, who you know have done the same one of the witnesses to the strange collapse of building number seven uh, he you know no, it's Barry Jennings this is I mean he died early doesn't prove anything but then you find this person died a bit early and that person over there so you know that is something which needs to be considered here so any whistleblower that was actually going to go big might think twice some firemen have found their careers have been ruined by this and just to briefly go back to the moon landings Although we may say, why didn't somebody blow the whistle there? Don't forget the astronaut Virgil Grissom or Gus Grissom. He went on record at press conferences saying that he didn't think they were going to get to the moon. He should have been the first man on the moon. He didn't think that it was technically feasible. And when he started to say that publicly, he started to get death threats. And he believed they were coming from within NASA. And he actually said to his wife one day, if there is ever a serious accident in the space program, it's likely to be me. Well, he was then one of the people that died shortly afterwards in the Apollo 1 fire on the launch pad. Now, again... Not proof, but the Grissom family investigated. They believe that was sabotage. They believe Virgil Grissom was murdered, and the NASA safety inspector who was brought in to investigate not only that fire but also the technical feasibility of the Apollo program, Thomas Ronald Barron, after having said he thought it was sabotage and he also didn't think Apollo was ready to go to the moon. Uh, he then dies in a strange car crash shortly afterwards coincidence maybe (laughs) but anybody else thinking of going public you know you might think twice and that's the problem and i think we have that with 9-11 but with 9-11 there are certainly enough anomalies that you can identify to show that categorically whatever you think did happen we've not been told the truth
0: well we'll uh, tug on some of those threads when we come back andy thomas the author of conspiracies the facts the theories the evidence second edition more in a moment Wrap yourself in. You're about to leave everything you thought you knew behind. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Andy, before we get into 9-11, how do people get a copy of Conspiracies?
1: Okay, well, it's going to be out in the U.S. in February... Uh, So it's coming very, very soon. It's already out here in the UK. So uh, just hold on two or three weeks, and it's going to be there. Uh, If you go onto Amazon, you will find it's already listed up there. Look it up, Conspiracies by Andy Thomas. Uh, And there's information about the book on my own website, which is truthagenda.org. So that's truthagenda.org, and and you can find out stuff about it there as well. But, yeah, in the U.S., it's going to be out there very soon, and also Australia, New Zealand, but it's already out here in the UK.
0: Uh, 9-11. Uh, there are n- a number of camps within the, the, the 9-11, if I can use the, tr- the term, the truth movement, uh, one of which has become almost like a religion, and, and that has to do with controlled demolition of the, uh, the WTC buildings. Uh, and and um, one of the things that I always point out is I think sometimes when it comes to 9-11, we become so hyper-focused on the method uh, or the means by which uh, you know the buildings were came down rather than let's say for example the other important uh, parts of a criminal investigation and that is the um, the uh, the motive and the opportunity how do you feel about uh, the, the, the focusing almost to the exclusion of everything else uh with controlled demolition
1: I think the problem with the falls of the towers is that, of course, they're very, very visual. They were recorded from many different angles. And these are the images that have been seared into people's minds around the world, you know. And if you were present at the time and you watched that at the time, you're never going to forget that. And so, therefore, they inevitably are going to be the areas most scrutinized. Now were there no other anomalies and it all made complete sense that what you see is just a structural failure because of the fire because of the damage you know we wouldn't be talking about this today then when you realize the things we weren't told at the time and you see very strange visual anomalies in the way they fall explosions going off far below the level of the collapses which look to some like demolition charges and so forth um This is where you have to say, well, hold on, if this was just a natural collapse, it should look like this and not like that, you know. And so because people can see this and assess this with their own eyes... Of course, they're going to start to go into this in fine detail, as indeed many people have. And, of course, some people will then see things that aren't anomalous, and they think they will because they don't know about buildings collapsing. But that's when you have to go to the technical experts. People like Richard Gage would be a good example from architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth. And they show absolutely that the way those towers collapse makes no sense if the way they collapse that we are told is the way is the true way. And that's when it becomes more interesting. So, yeah, everybody is seeing the footage, they're analyzing that because it's what they saw and what they remembered at the time. But you then have to add in the many problems and the many accounts of explosions going off inside those towers, even before they began to collapse. Molten material rolling down the sides of the towers, which some say is metal, although it could not have burned that hot to have done that, and so on and so forth, without extra help that's when, again, you stack up the truth agenda pebbles, if you like, and you say absolutely something is very, very wrong here. But the tower's collapsing. It's become the main point of contention, I think, because it's what everybody saw. They could witness it. Some of the other areas, like what happened when the plane entered the Pentagon, hard to say because you can't see it, and there's very little footage available of the explosion at the Pentagon. What happened on Flight 93, you can't really say. There's reports of conversations with the people on board but it's not visual so those seem a little bit vaguer to some people although they are very important and that's where when you start to add in everything and reports of what happened inside the war room or the bunkers where dick cheney was and conversations that took place there and the strange accounts of the hijackers and where they were and where the planes were going and who knew what when when you add all of that in I don't think it is just a classic case of confusion in the kind of the the Malay at the time. I think there are deliberate attempts to obscure who really knew what. And I think that is very, very clear and can be demonstrated. But absolutely nobody anywhere near authority is ever going to admit that. Because if they do, the whole, basically, the structure of the United States of America will crumble. Um, that's a very serious consequence. And people like David Ray Griffin has said, before you expose 9-11, you might just want to think about what the consequences of that would be. So even people that would not have approved of what happened might also, even if they thought it was dodgy, think, yeah, but do we want to actually show the world this? So that's another problem. But then you look at the footage and you go, "Whoa, hold on a minute, this doesn't seem to make sense." So I think that's why that's become like the key, if you like, the symbol of nine eleven because we all saw it.
0: Right, right. Uh, I, and I, I've gone back and forth on you know the um, what what may have been responsible for bringing the uh, the buildings down, and uh, the stumbling block for me, and, and I, I certainly believe that that elements of the the operation if not its entirety were orchestrated from inside the United States. Uh the stumbling block for me is how does one wire a 110 story building uh for controlled demolition and maybe you could uh, offer some insights on that.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, listen, we have the testimony of people like Scott Forbes who was working in one of the towers. He says that a, a few days before 9/11, the, there was uh, a security power down now i 've met Scott. he seems to me a very reliable person. No reason to make this up. Uh, security dogs were removed. the cameras were taken offline, and men came in with well what they were told was uh, you know a, a cable upgrade with spools and various equipment. To this day, nobody has ever identified who these men actually were. This has never been officially admitted to, even though people at the towers did witness this. There was lift shaft maintenance going on in the uh, run up to 9-11. Those would have provided very good, to the places to put devices that would help bring the buildings down it would have offered you know access to key places so actually there is evidence that people were doing strange things in those towers before 9-11 occurred and we should not forget that a lot of people did seem to know something was in the offing. People didn't turn up for work that day. People didn't get onto certain planes that day. Uh, the mayor of San Francisco, Willie Brown, was told not to fly that day. Why? Somebody must have known something was in the offing. Uh, we also know, of course, that there were put options, which is basically when you bet that the stock of a company is going to go down on the the, the markets on the very companies that were affected by 9-11. You don't do that by chance. It's like it was out there. Somebody knew something big was about to happen. And so, therefore, you know, the notion that people were at work in those towers before then, when you look at the evidence that they were, is not so hard to imagine. And, of course, some have drawn interesting conclusions from the fact that the security management of the World Trade Center was uh, had a, a member of the Bush family involved. Now, that could just be coincidence, but, you know, you can't entirely ignore that, uh, and therefore you have to wonder what was going on. Also, just shortly before the towers collapsed, uh, Larry Silverstein took out destruction insurance, which nobody had ever thought to take out before, presumably because they'd never thought the buildings could come down, and, uh, you know, did pretty well out of that. Again, now, is this coincidence? Possibly, but then when you put it together with everything else, you wonder. So, let's say that people did go into those buildings and they did place devices. Now, of course, the next question is, well, who were they? Now, there is a kind of a counter-conspiracy that says, well, they may have been al-Qaeda operatives. Now, you can't entirely rule that out. But then at the same time, you know, these people had a lot of access to two very important buildings. Uh, they would have had to have been working in tandem with somebody that was, you know, a part of the official command structure there. So whichever way you look at it, it seems impossible to believe that there wasn't some kind of a coalition of forces at work there. So... No, I don't find it so strange that such devices could have been planted. And you know, if you're looking for a smoking gun at 9-11, it is the collapse of building number 7. Which was never hit by aeroplanes. Yes. And had damage from debris and fire. But you look at the footage of the fire and it's very hard to believe that could possibly have brought down a building in the way we see it just go down like a pack of cards. And, uh, you know, many people who've been investigating say that the official report that says it was fire is effectively scientific fraud. And actually when you read the fact that when they did computer models of the fires that might have brought down computer set up building seven and you realize that what they did was not actually include the real fires but just model in the fires that you would need for the building to collapse that is scientific fraud but they then tell the world all right we've shown how it came down due to fire well yeah but it wasn't the fires that were actually there it was the fires that they presumed would have to be there to bring the building down so Things like that are extremely suspicious, and of course, if anybody listening wonders why would they bring down building number seven, and by then it had been evacuated, nobody was in it, well, a lot of people believe 9-11 may have been at least partially coordinated from that building, and they had to bring the evidence down at the end of the day, Uh, but again... Let me, coming to firm conclusions is a different matter.
0: Indeed. Let me uh, jump in. We'll take another time out. We'll come back. I want to talk about a famous New Yorker who was there at the time and uh, may have his uh, his own suspicions. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Andy Thomas is with us, and the second edition of Conspiracies, the facts, the theories, the evidence, uh, will be available in February. Uh, in the meantime, can people pre-order?
1: Oh, I'm sure they can. Yes, go onto to Amazon, and uh, you can normally pre-order there, so I would imagine, yes.
0: We were talking about 9-11, and uh, I mentioned a famous New Yorker, that of course is President Trump, who, by all accounts, is, is very interested in conspiracy theories. And there was kind of an off-handed remark that he made that was directed at Jeb Bush during the Republican debates. He alluded to 9/11 and, almost in a, in a subtle way, kind of implicating the Bush family. It didn't get much media coverage, but it, it was it was one of his you know quips. And it was within days that Jeb Bush pulled out of the uh, the race for the nomination. I believe he cited some campaign financing issues or, or whatever it was. Uh, do you recall that? And then I'd, I'd like to, to talk about your thoughts on, on on Trump and his interesting conspiracies.
1: Well, I mean, you know, what you cite there, yes, I was surprised that didn't get picked up on more by the media, but that in itself is very telling because it's funny, even with somebody like Donald Trump, who normally the media are very happy to blame for every conspiracy going... When it comes to things like 9-11, mysteriously, they won't go there. Well, you can find much more direct evidence of what Trump thought about 9-11. Now, I don't know if this is still on YouTube. If it is, it probably won't be for long with the current censorship program. But there is a video of Donald Trump in the streets of New York just a few days after 9-11 stating his belief that bombs may have been involved. Now, he says it categorically, and it's quite extraordinary that nobody has picked up on this more. So, clearly, he had heard something, and this is obviously long before he was running for president or any of that. He had heard something which suggested to him that there was more to it than just a natural collapse. So, yes, he is on record as questioning 9-11. And some had hoped that when he became the president that he might sort of initiate a new investigation. And I discuss this in the Conspiracies book but then it's like even he seems to have backed off of that he's perhaps realized he's got to play the game and some people who believe did not tell the truth about nine eleven at the time like mayor Ru- rudy giuliani um trump in fact appointed giuliani to various positions and uh some of the people that you would have thought actually he would have been questioning in regard to 9-11, uh, apparently not. He's sort of taken them on board. So I think the odds of that now ever coming to light uh, is not going to happen. So Trump may well say certain things out of turn, but uh, sadly on 9-11 it sounds like he's uh, not going to do anything about any new investigation, which I know some people had hoped that he would.
0: How, how much of... The uh, attempts, uh, let, let's say, let's call it a soft coup attempt by the intelligence community, by the, the Democrats, the mainstream media, constantly maligning him and his administration. How much of that has to do with the fact that he is a loose cannon? He may know where the bodies are buried.
1: I'm sure that is a part of it. Yes, I am. Um, you know, we've seen demonstrated with Donald Trump that you know if he's in the right mood he might tweet anything out one night but that said maybe even he has his limits and he is probably told as I think any president is told the day you get into power there are certain places you don't go if you want to remain president so I'm sure somebody would have read this to him at some point but yes I, I do think there is a wariness around Trump and on one level that makes him a more dangerous man but of course on the other level uh, this is the very thing that makes him powerful because his unpredictability, of course, means that you can never second guess him. And I mean, in the book, the new version of conspiracies, of course, there's, there's a lot about Trump, which was not there in the original edition because Trump was in, not in the running for president. What is fascinating with Donald Trump, and I've tried to come to a completely balanced view here because I know a lot of people love him and a lot of people hate him, but is that he's very much the conspiracy president. He believes in a number of conspiracy theories, but, of course, he's also the target of many of them. And as I just alluded to, it's funny how the media say they don't like conspiracy theories. They don't believe in them ah, until it comes to Donald Trump, when they believe in all of them, if they can. And, of course, the the big one is the one that he worked with, uh, Russia to get elected well that's not been proven now that's moved on to the issues about ukraine and joe biden so it's a funny thing you know that the conspiracies which the media doesn't normally go near if they see it as a way of getting at donald trump suddenly they do and that's been a big development and of course i've discussed that very much in the book indeed back with more in a moment stay with us
0: The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Andy Thomas is with us, and the second edition of Conspiracies, the facts, the theories, the evidence, will be available in February. You can go to Amazon and the website again,
1: So my website is truthagenda.org and you can find out all about me, all about the book, and uh, there's lots of videos there. You can watch me giving talks and covering some of this stuff. So, uh, yeah, truthagenda.org.
0: We were talking about Donald Trump and one of the things, uh, that I noticed with Donald Trump and you called him the, you know, the conspiracy president. uh, Once he became president, terms like deep state, And globalists, those became almost common currency in the mainstream media where before they were just, they were never uttered. Just comment on that phenomenon.
1: Well, I mean, one of the big conspiracy theories that has got itself attached to Trump, whether with or without his knowledge, is, uh, of course, the QAnon conspiracy movement so for anybody listening that is still not aware of this so QAnon claims to be indeed a deep state mole somebody or a group of people working somewhere within the deeper u.s government departments and um, they effectively are pro-trump so the word that's come out from there says that the new world order Which, you know, that is in the true sense of it being like a a plot and not a very good plot at that to gain global dominion is working against Donald Trump because Donald Trump being a bit of a loose cannon is going to in some way damage their plans. So they're saying that a lot of the stories that have come out about Trump have been deliberately seeded out there to discredit him because the new world order feels threatened by him. So, q anon this is why when you see certain political rallies now in america you sometimes see people holding up a big letter q and um, this is what it's about and even uh, there was um, there was a parade where a member of the military had a q badge on which he got disciplined for indeed afterwards um you know this is sort of leaked out it's become a movement which many people think should be taken seriously but then at the same time, this same deep state mole has, uh, you know, been responsible for the Pizzagate story. Now this was a story where various pizza parlors were being used to generate basically a, a child pedophilia ring. Now, that has not ever been proven. And it went big and a lot of people, you know, thought this was very serious. It's not gone public to the degree where anybody has ever come forward and claimed that they were abused. And yet this had be currency. They have named various people in high positions as being paedophiles, but he isn't proven. So QAnon's become extremely controversial. And so if Trump saw this as a benefit... Other people say this could actually damage him, and I notice he seems to have distanced himself a little bit more from it in recent times. But, yes, yeah, so the deep state, I like people working absolutely at the complete root level of what makes the nation tick over there. But, of course, they apparently will have access to what makes the globe tick. And these are people that we don't normally hear about. But if QAnon was shown to be a hoax, of course, which is what some people say it is, and that was exposed as a hoax, a lot of the people that have gone along with the QAnon theories are going to look very exposed, uh, and indeed that will be used, if that were the case, to bring down the reputation of conspiracy theory in general, or even further. So it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous movement. And the problem with the deep state is... You never really get to know much about it. And if somebody says they're working for the deep state, are they? Or are they just saying that? And that's the problem we always have, because unless there is absolute proof, it's tricky. Now they do seem to have released things which most people wouldn't have known, which some of which has turned out to be verifiable. So it does look like it's being, it's being done by somebody that knows something. But how much they really know, or whether this isn't in itself a setup, designed, as I say, to discredit conspiracy theorists. It, it's still unknown, but it's, yeah, it's certainly something which has added a whole other level into this.
0: Well, the the, the Pizzagate story, you know, in itself, the details may have been erroneous and, and discredited, but the narrative appears to have some currency, certainly in light of, you know, the Jeffrey Epstein case, and in England, Jimmy Savile, and, and uh, you know, people have been Uh, talking about this, I'm sure you've been talking about this, people on my show have been alluding to this for a a decade or more uh, and was just, it was a radioactive story you know, you were never to mention that that Bill Clinton was on the Lolita Express and the flight manifests are, you know are on the internet and so forth Uh, the mainstream media wouldn't touch it until basically they were shamed into it
1: well, I mean over here in the UK of course Uh, We've just had the big scandal over Prince Andrew. Now, Andrew is proven, is known to have been a friend of Epstein's, even when he said he wasn't. Um, Of course, now his reputation has been effectively shattered, uh, even though he denies some of the accusations made against him. But he is just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, And there's a number of high-level people that clearly have had dealings with Epstein, including Donald Trump who are all denying that they knew anything about this. But Prince Andrew's the the weak pin in this because he made denials and now it's all come out that in fact uh, you know, he did know a lot more than he knew and may or may not have been involved with various cases of abuse, some would call it. It's a big one because people like David Icke have been alluding to paedophile rings in high places for a very long time and he's been attacked as a madman and a fantasist, but now... With the Epstein thing having come out, of course, that's not looking quite so crazy. Now, that doesn't mean that all theories out there about this kind of thing are true, but it does mean, again, that they shouldn't be entirely discounted. And it's interesting how quickly the establishment is trying to push the Epstein thing behind it in the hope that it all goes away. And indeed, uh, some of the people that have been trying to fly drones over some of the old uh, places where Epstein had you know, houses and swimming pools and that have noticed that a lot of buildings where some of the abuse was said to have taken place have been removed. So it does look like there is a, now a very fast program to try to destroy as much evidence as possible. So even if claims do get made, proving them is going to be very, very difficult, as indeed uh, the, the lady that is making claims against Prince Andrew is finding. And now people are you know criticizing her and they're attacking her character. This is always what happens. Nonetheless, I think enough has been shown. That, you know, clearly something dubious has occurred here, and we know that people in very high places were involved, but I think proving that, unless somebody comes forward again with the big smoking gun, it's gonna be tricky. It's going to be hard to prove it. And, of course, the minute they start attacking the characters of the people making the claims, anybody else, considering coming forward with their own evidence, seeing what's happened to the other people, well, they may decide to stay quiet. And it may be something which never really comes to a firm conclusion. But that, sadly, is uh, often the way with these things. Indeed, unless
0: we can locate... Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell and uh, make her sing uh, but she seems to have disappeared off the face of the earth
1: well, listen Ghislaine Maxwell was walking free when people didn't know where she was and when they already knew what she was part of and nobody touched her and uh, now she seems to have uh, flown away in every literal sense and it's hard to believe that they did anything other than let her go because they should have Taken her in for questioning a long time ago. She absolutely knows where the bodies are buried, so to speak. Uh, and yeah, that in itself is a big, big factor in making you think, okay, there was something behind all of this. So there you go. This is uh, the way the world works. They know that all they've got to do is obfuscate for long enough that even though you might at the end all conclude, yeah, that was a conspiracy, proving it getting to you know actually convicting anybody of it probably not going to happen uh andy we've
0: barely touched uh, or scratched the surface but uh congratulations on the second edition of conspiracies the facts the theories the evidence and uh keep on fighting the good fight my friend
1: and you too and thank you for the opportunity to talk about the book thank you my pleasure
0: okay that's it for me back next week with lex lonehood from coast to coast am in the meantime don't be afraid There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed, and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.